Hello and welcome to Reliance's podcast. We hope that the message encourages your heart today. If you'd like to join us in person, we meet weekly on Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. And if you want to find out more about Reliance, come check us out online. If you're just joining us, we started uh, last week actually two weeks ago, talking about the Word of God. Um, We've been in this rhythm. We've talked about worship, word, and prayer. Those are three of the things that we go after here at Reliance a lot, worship, word, and prayer. Uh, We've talked about worship before. We were after prayer uh, about a month ago, and now we've spent the last couple of weeks and a couple more weeks coming. We're going to talk about the Word of God. It's a a big deal to us, Um, and so we entitled the message Threshold Living because when you cross a threshold into somewhere, as believers, Jesus made a way, it says, as a forerunner for us in Hebrews, he crossed the threshold of the Holy of Holies and he tore the temple curtain that once separated us from God. And so it says in scripture that he gave us access into the most holy place. Somebody say amen to that. So he crossed the threshold for us so that we could cross over. When you cross a threshold into something, you go to the gym, you cross the threshold into something, you become a part of that culture. And so the threshold living that we've crossed over into is the culture of God. And the culture of God is built upon the word of God. Amen. It's built upon the word of God. So therefore, we are men and women that are Bible people. We are Bible people. We love the Bible. We love the word. We believe it to be the absolute truth. Absolutely. And so we go after the word of God. It's a foundation of who we are as men and women of God. So specifically, uh, last week, we talked about some of the probabilities of Scripture. We just kind of opened it up and said, look, Scripture is valid. The probability of those things happening um, where Jesus were to fulfill all that prophecy, like no one else could do it. It just pointing to the proof that Scripture is real and the authoritative word of God. And then we talked about a little bit of why all hell is waging. more against it and about how people want to change scripture people want to manipulate scripture and people want to dumb down scripture people want to take out parts of scripture that they don't like right specifically in our culture and so we've talked about that we did some work on that last week and so today I want to specifically talk about how the word of God is good seed that brings life somebody say good seed, good seed. somebody say life I want to talk about how this is the seed of life. If you're wondering what your life is to be made up of, your life is to be made up of the Word of God. Because the Word of God is alive and active. Jesus is the Word, and in Him is, everybody say life. In Him is life. So how does the seed look like in your life? How is it life in your, in, in your life? How does it becoming life in your life? And then I want to give some practical application at the very end uh, for this. Um, and so what we know is this. I want you to think about the Word of God as something that God plants in us. Psalm 119, we talked about this last week. Psalm 119 says, I have hidden your Word in my heart. I have planted, I have put your word in my heart. There is a planting of God's word in our heart, and then he'll go on, he'll say, so that I do not sin against you. It's what helps us to live the life that God has called us to live. So I want you to think about the word as something planted in you. It's kind of like a song. How many guys cannot listen to a song for 20 years, but the moment it comes on, you remember all the lyrics to it, yeah? So we were at Goddard Fall Festival this weekend. Anybody head out there to Goddard Fall Fest? All right. We were at Goddard Fall Fest, and we were walking by the big stage, and my kids said, Dad, who's, who's playing? I said, John Michael Montgomery's playing. And they were like, who's that guy? 
right? And I'm like, who raised you guys? Are you even Christians? Are you even believers? <laughs> and so I said, John Michael, he's an old kind of country singer, like pretty big, kind of in the early 90s especially. And then all of a sudden when I said, I haven't listened to him for 20 years, and all of a sudden I start to think of his songs. Life's a dance, you learn as you go. Sometimes you lead. Don't worry about what you don't know. See, we should be a choir. I'm telling you, this is good. And so I'm singing it to them, and they're looking at me horrified, right? And I'm like, okay, you don't know that one. You know this one. I swear by the moon and the stars. And, and then they were like, Dad, seriously, stop. And I'm like, this is how I won your mom over. And they're like, oh, gross, right? It's just weird stuff start happening. I haven't listened to it for 20 years, but those songs at some point in time were planted in my life. They were planted, and the moment that they got planted in my life, I attached something to those. I can tell you, I remember those from dances. I remember those in pursuing Christy making mixtapes. Remember those days? And I remember those songs. It, it brought something up inside of me. Because I remembered those songs, and in a moment I felt something. Those songs made me feel something because they were planted in me a long time ago. And I started to think about how the Word of God is supposed to do the same thing. The Word of God is supposed to be planted inside of us, where even if I haven't read that scripture for 20 years, the moment that I need it, it comes up inside of me. It rises up, and it brings life, and it brings power, and it brings sustenance in our life. The Word of God is how we live in life. And so this is why it's important to see that the Word of God as seed is supposed to be planted in us. So here's what Scripture says in Jeremiah 31, 33. The Lord says, I will put my law I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts. And then in Hebrews 18, he'll come along, he'll reiterate this. He'll say, I will put my law in their minds and I will write it on their hearts. The Lord wants to put his word on your heart and in your mind. And he's going to do that, but you and I have got to be activated in it. Somebody say amen. He's going to do it. He's going to be the one who teaches us all truth. That's what scripture says. Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. He will teach you what you need to know. But you and I have to be activated by opening that word up and planting it in our hearts. So in Colossians 2 verse 7, what we know is God's planting this in our hearts so that we grow up into, everybody say maturity. Mature, do you know how everybody got maturity? Who wants, who wants Maturity. Maturity, this is what the word is about, that we're growing up into maturity in him. That we don't get to stay on the surface and we don't get to stay on the fringe when he's called us to greater things. He's growing us into maturity. And so in Colossians 2, 7, he goes, let your roots grow deep down in him. How do our roots grow deep down in him? By building ourselves on top of the word of God. By building ourselves on top of the word of God. And this is how maturity comes. Maturity comes from planting the word of God deep inside of our life. Because we're not supposed to be after immature things. Ephesians 4 tells us, until we all, verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Lock that one in for a minute. To the knowledge of the Son of God. To mature manhood. 
to mature manhood, that speaks to you ladies as well, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we will no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning. This is what we were talking about last week, by when we've got itching ears and so we gather teachers that are simply gonna scratch our ears and itch our ears with things that we think are sweet tasting because they're afraid of some of the word. And so we, we've got human cunning by the craftiness, he says, in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we grow up. Somebody say it's time to grow up. We grow up in every way into him. I'm growing up, not into my life. I'm growing up, not into the things of this world. I'm growing up into him. My growing up is into someone. I'm growing up into him in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. And so there's this maturity that's taking place in our, li- in our life. And if we're unwilling to mature, we'll stay immature. I'm just telling you, we'll stay immature. And if we, we stay immature our entire life, we're missing out on the fullness of God. You can look the part and be really immature. Some of you ladies know that because you found your man and he acts like he's 12. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> when I said amen, it was more rhetorical. Yeah. We'll work that out. We'll work that out. <laughs> we, we, we are called to grow. It's in our DNA. It's in our nature. This is why God plants seeds in us. So, so we, we want to plant the word of God in us, and how do we do that? Ephesians 4 gives us a highlight of why and how we read the word of God. Why, why and how. So he says when we read it, we're not just reading it for the information. He says we're reading it unto the knowledge of the Son of God. We're reading it to know somebody. We're reading it to get to know somebody. It's not just words about events. There's history in it, but the history is leading us into knowing someone. So when you're reading the word, it's not just, again, for more knowledge and like, hey, I know 10 scripture verses. Do you know who they're about? Do you know the nature of who they're about? Do you know who they're pointing you towards? So it's to get you to grow up into someone. Amen. Okay. So, so Ephesians 4 says, unto the knowledge of the Son of God. We're reading the word and we're allowing the word to read us. That's the hard part. I can read the word, but once the word comes in, now I'm allowing it to read my heart. Do you know that sometimes when the word reads your heart, it doesn't really might not like what it sees in there? Yeah. And that's where we get cut to the heart. That's where it's piercing. That's where he says, man, there's some things that still need to be circumcised in the heart, put out taking off that old, old garment, putting on the new garments of Christ. And so we're allowing the word of God to read you, you as well, to read your heart. It's about getting into Christ. That's what he just says. I'm growing up into him. It's about growing into Christ, and it's about having Christ grow in us. So he says this. It's getting Christ into us, and it's getting us into Christ. Luke 24, 32 says it like this. They said to one another, you got these disciples, they're on the road to Emmaus, they encounter Jesus, he's been resurrected, they don't recognize him, okay, they don't recognize him, he's walking with them, they're talking about the prophecies and what's happened and the scriptures and who this Jesus was, and there comes a point in time where he breaks the bread, and then all of a sudden it says their eyes were open and they recognized who he was, and then Jesus disappeared. But look what it says about what their comment was. 
in Luke 24, 32, they said to each other, did not our hearts burn where? Within us. Something in us began to burn. Something in us began to, to actually take root. Something began to burn. But, but just out of anything? No, he tells us, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road and he opened to us the scriptures. When the word was open and they began to talk about the scriptures, Jesus began to talk about scriptures and the prophecies. Something inside of their life that had taken root began to burn within them. It wasn't information for information's sake. It was revelation of who the Son of God is. And their hearts began to burn. I'm wondering today if when we read the Bible, our hearts burn within us. I'm wondering when we get into the scriptures because we're after the knowledge of him and we're growing up into him in mature manhood and as mature women, we're growing up into him. I'm wondering if our hearts, when we read it, burns within us. And if it doesn't, maybe it's because we're reading the information but we're forgetting it's about someone. And so this is the good seed. This is the good seed that's been planted in our hearts long ago. When the Holy Spirit came in you and he planted this word and so the seed is in you and God is looking to grow the seed. So if we know there's good seed, I want to talk about good seed for a minute. If there's good seed, there must be what? Scripture's all over the place with that. It says, look, there's good seed and there's weed seed. Well, what's bad seed or what's weed seed look like? There is always seeds being planted in your life. Seeds that are bad look like this, doubts and fears and lies and, you know, failures. There's always something in the, on the opposite that the enemy wants to try to plant in your life. Something is always planting your life. What's taking root? What's taking root? And so I heard a message <clears throat> one time by a guy named Andrew Womack. He's out of Texas. He talked about good seed. And he said, I heard, uh, uh, an ex- I heard a guy say one time, he said that, that our experience with the Lord And I I believe this, our experience with the Lord must match the knowledge of him that we see in scripture. Here's what he means. We can't just have an experience with the Lord and not match it to who he is in scripture. Somebody say amen. Because that experience, if it's not matched to the things of the Lord, it'll derail us. We must always take our experience with the Lord and match it to his character of who he is. In other words, feelings won't change me. The truth sets me free. Truth changes me. Feelings do not. And what happens is, is that sometimes we come into Christ with an experience. Awesome. You went to a revival. Something, something just in you started burning. You're like, ah, oh, this is so good. You had an experience with the Lord, but you never matched it with who he was in Scripture because you lived off of your experience. And because of that, somewhere along the line, you burned out with Christ. Because the word of God didn't take root inside of you. You lived off of your experience. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? I love experiences with the Lord. I love feelings with the Lord. I think he created us for those things. I'm all for it. But those experience and feelings must match his character of who he is. Must. And the only way we know that is by rooting the word as good seed inside of our life. Um, unless, Unless we get the revelation and understanding from his word of who he is, whatever you experience, you're not gonna be able to hold on to because the enemy will try to snatch it out. Do you guys remember that? 
when he scattered seed, and you remember at some scorched birds came and plucked some of it away. You guys remember that? But the seed, which was the gospel that took root, no one could snatch it from them. So the experience is great. I want to say it again. The experience is great, but you've got to build that experience on who he is in his word so that the seed grows down inside. Are we good? Amen. Okay. And so just FYI, I want to throw out one more thing of why this is important. There's a time coming, according to Jesus, where he says many will try to come to deceive. And here's what he says. They'll come with experiences, signs and wonders, They'll come doing things of signs that are miraculous and people are going to go, wow, look at those. They're going to have an experience except it'll be contrary to the things of Jesus. Experience alone will not do. You must temper it. It must be built on the foundation of who Jesus is. <clears throat> okay, we've done that work. Second Peter 1.3 says this, his divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Is that good news to somebody? How do we get it? How do we get this life and godliness granted us all things? How? What's he say? Through the knowledge of him. So everybody wants life. Everybody wants godliness. Everybody wants this divine power. Everybody wants these things of God. But he says these things come through the knowledge. They come through the knowledge of him. And the only way that I can understand the knowledge of him is to be rooted in his word and his word be rooted in me. So we're building something here. We're growing something here. The word of God is seed and it speaks about the knowledge of him. Seed is alive. We know that, right? Seed is alive. It's dormant. Seed is alive. It gets planted, and the moment that it gets planted, it produces something. If you plant seed in the right habitat, it's going to grow into something. It's going to produce something. And this is where we see the word of God is alive and it's active. If you plant it rightly, it's going to bring life and activity. Yeah? It's going to be life and activity. So seeds are planted and seeds grow. We know this. This is the cycle. They're planted, they grow, they give life, and we call that life fruit. Seeds grow up into something and they produce fruit. And that fruit does what? It feeds us. So here's our cycle then as believers. Our cycle is the word of God is planted inside of me. And as the word of God planted inside of me, it grows. And as it grows, it produces fruit. Doesn't scripture talk about this? They will know you by your Fruit, to produce good fruit, not just any fruit, but fruit that lasts. So it's growing up inside of me, it's producing fruit, and that fruit that I have in my life is supposed to help feed others. That's the gospel message going out. That's the love of Christ going out of me. The love of Christ going out of you. That's peace and patience and joy coming out of us, and then people are going, how did you get that? Well, I have the word of God hidden in my heart. I have the word of God inside of me as fruit. So Jesus is going to give an example. In Mark chapter 4, verse 26, he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed. So here's the kingdom of God. It's as if, if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and he rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows. So here's a guy, throws the seeds and just lives life, right? He's sleeping and he's rising. He knows not how. 
In other words, what he's, what he's saying in this moment, he's like, I don't know how it works, but what I know is this. There was a time that I lived as a people pleaser in a time where I didn't know who I was, and somebody spoke life into me, and I began to read scripture, and I began to see my value in Christ and my confidence in Christ, and I didn't have to fear man anymore. And as that came in me, I don't know how God did it, but I started walking my life, and I wasn't living in fear anymore. I don't know how. All I know is somebody said the word to me, I planted it here, and something changed in my fear. Anybody testify to that? So he says, I know not how, he knows not how, but he says in verse 28, the earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear, and then when the grain is ripe at once, he puts it to the sickle because the harvest has come. So here's what we know about the principles of, of the seed. Seed should always spring up and grow. We know that. Seed should always spring up and grow. So here's what, the G, here's what Jesus is likening the kingdom of God as. Uh, the kingdom of God is dependent upon the word of God. The kingdom of God is as if a man took seeds and scattered it. So God's kingdom is predicated upon his word. Jesus. Amen? So the kingdom of God is dependent upon the word of God in the same way that our physical world is dependent upon seeds. Let's just do a little science here, okay? Can we? Like, we know that seeds, without seeds, we don't have life. Without seeds, we don't have life. Um, I know some people think that food grows in a grocery store. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't, right? That food was grown from seeds, there was a seed that was planted and that food comes in and, and, and if you go into the grocery store to get uh, 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 meat, that, that meat came from a seed. Let's just, let's just do this. You and I came from a seed, right? We're from, scripture would say we're from the seed of Adam, meaning we're from one lineage. We're from the seed of Adam. Life does not exist without a seed. First Peter 1.23, he's gonna tell us, since you have been born again, if you're in this room, you've been born again. If you've come to Christ and you've been born again, you need to know this. Since you've been born again, not of perishable seed, there was a time we had an expiration date for all of eternity, and it was not with God. There was a time that we had a perishable seed. Since you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. So that imperishable seed comes from what? The living and abiding word of God, that word of God, that abiding word of God is the word of God that lives down inside of me. Not just knowledge up here, I know some things about him. It's the abiding, abiding means to dwell, to live. It's the word of God that lives right here, amen? That's the imperishable seed. That word seed in that scripture verse, that, that word comes from the word sporo. And that word sporo is where we get the word spores, seeds. Now listen, and sporo is a derivative of the word sperma. Sex education class, here we go. That word sporo is where we get the word sperm, from a seed. Here's the point. The point is simply this. When the seed is sown, it brings life. It brings life. And this is how Jesus came and put flesh amongst himself. When God stepped down in Jesus, this is how it happened, right? We know this. The virgin birth gives us the greatest analogy of this, the greatest storyline of this. The Holy Spirit carrying the prophecies of God of who Jesus is, carrying the word, comes and overshadows Mary, and it says she conceived the word. She conceived Jesus, and she gave birth to the word. Isn't that cool? In the flesh, 
And so Jesus comes about as the word from a seed. So cool. And now that seed of God is planted in all of us through his word. And Jesus came and he says, I came to give life, John 10, 10, and life in abundance. I came to give you life and a fruit-filled life. That word now is planted in us. And so when Jesus comes in to us and his word is in us and the word becomes about the knowledge of him and we're growing up into him, now we have life and life in abundance. We are activated in life. And if you've been wandering and wandering around going, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't feel like I have a purpose. I don't even know what life is all about. Get planted into the word. Let that seed do a life-giving work in you. So the word is in your heart. And then he says these words. This is interesting. Verse 28 of Mark 4, he says, the earth produces by itself. In Genesis, it says we are created from what? The dust from the ground. Dirt. Somebody say, I'm created from dirt. Doesn't that make you feel good? (laughs) Created from dirt. God breathed the spirit into that dust from the ground, and he created life. So in that dust, with the Spirit of God, in that dirt, with the Spirit of God, was what we needed for life. And then God takes the word, and he plants it inside of us. So here's what he's doing. He's saying, you and I created in the image of God from the dirt of the ground. Inside of us, things are lying dormant. And when the word of God is planted inside of us and the spirit breathes on that, it becomes something that's life-giving. Something that's life-giving. You take that seed in that soil, just of earth. You take a seed and you put it in the soil. That seed has everything it needs for life. In that soil is everything it needs to produce a tree, to produce something in life. It just simply, that soil just simply needs the seed. So we've got 8 billion people walking around planet earth right now. And all they need is the seed of the gospel and the spirit of God to breathe on it. And there's life. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? It's a big deal. <clears throat> so you and I have probably felt at times like, God, why is this life so hard? Why is this life so hard? And why, why is it so hard to change? Why is it so hard to see life from your vantage point? And it's because of this. Most of the time that we want to try to change our life, we're trying to change it from the outside in. Change my marriage, God. Change my circumstances. Change my workplace. Change my finances. Change my bills. Don't let anybody send them to me anymore. Change, right? Like change, change. And it's everything that we want to change our life. We're trying to come from the outside. And everything where the Lord wants to change your life comes from the inside. It's the seed that he's planted down inside of you. The word of God comes in and begins to renew your heart, renew your mind. Begins to change things about your life. So... I want to make sure we give some time to this at the end. Um, That's why John 15, 7 says these words. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. There's that word abide again. It's if my words dwell in you, if they live in you. Not just just I'm knowledgeable of some things. If my word dwells and lives in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And then here's the key, verse 8. By this, my Father is glorified. That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So he just gave us something. If again, you've been wondering what your purpose is in life. Our purpose, why you're still here, is so that you can bring glory to God. Everybody agree with that? Otherwise, he's going to take us home. 
right? He's waiting for the fullness of who he wants, right? And, and, and for, for men and women to come to know him. But then after that time, like our goal right now is to glorify his name because we're going to do that in all eternity. So here's the deal. So, so he's saying right here, by this my father's glorified, that you bear much fruit. The only way that we're going to bear fruit is to first have a seed. So if we're not interested in the seed, we're not going to have fruit. And if we're not going to have fruit, it's going to be really hard to glorify the Lord. Yeah? So if I'm sitting here and I'm not bearing fruit, I've got an issue in my life. This is where the Lord is working on our life at. But as I begin to bear fruit, as I begin to plant seed inside of my life, I will bear fruit. And as I bear fruit, God will get glory from it. And when God gets glory, we've said this a thousand times, but when God is most glorified, I'm most satisfied. It's just the nature of who he is. The more glory that we give him, the more we go, man, I feel like I'm in a good place. So, so how do we read the word then in light of this? What is this? Like, let's put this in a practice. Great. Plant seeds in my life. What does that look like? Um, John chapter 1, we, we bring that up. John chapter 1. I want to just do some work on this just because it's an easy one to go after. So when you read the word, there's lots of ways you, you, we need to read it. We need to read it in context. We need to exe- exegete it the, the right way. We know, need to know what the heart of the Father is trying to say in the context of what he's speaking. All that's good, and I, I love all that. But then there's these just kind of two things that I just want to give you today. We don't have time to go through all those other things, but there's two things. When you're reading the word, two things should come to your mind every time. Just on a practical level, two things should come to your mind. When I'm reading the word, who are you, God? That should be the first thing that I ask myself. As I'm reading this, who are you, right? Because this is all about growing up into him and the knowledge of him. So the first question as I'm reading scripture should be, who are you? Now, now that I know who you are, now the second question is, how can I produce fruit in that? So I've got the seed, I'm putting it down in. How can I produce fruit in that? Should be, in light of who you are, who am I, God? You've got the story, you're the story, you're the hero, you're the redeemer, you're the sustainer, you are life. Now how do I find my life in yours? Oh yeah, I've ended my life and your life is mine. So I'm coming into your story, okay? And so, those two questions, who are you, God? And who am I, who are we, in light of you? So let me kind of give what this looks like. In John chapter 1, let me just read it. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna break down, who are you, God, in light of those John one through five? Who are you? Here's what I see. You're the Word. You're creator, nothing was made without you. You're the Word, you're creator. You are light. I'm building seed in my life. You are light. You're Father, you're, you're the beginning of it all. You're Father. You're, you're full of unfailing love. I'm, I'm reading into some things in here. The darkness has not overcome it. Because you're light, whatever darkness I have has not overcome me. So you, you must have love and unfailing love. You're gracious. You're worthy. And if you're worthy, if you're worthy and you created me, what do you think about me? 
and I'm going through all of these things. You're the chosen one of God. This is who you are. And I've just built now a foundation. Who are you? Your father, your light, your creator, your unfailing love, your faithful. Like in you, there's no darkness. And I've just built these seeds up in me. And so now I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, okay, I've got a picture of you, who you are, your creator, your father, all these things. And and by the way, this becomes a great way. If you don't know what to pray, this becomes a great way to pray now because you've got a list of all the attributes of who God is, right? And so if that's how you are, God, then who am I in light of you? How can I produce fruit for you for your glory? How can I grow up into you? And then all of a sudden, because that's who he is, now I go this, I'm created by you to walk in light. If in you everything was made and you made me, I'm not trash. Somebody say, I'm not trash. I can't be. I can't be trash if in you everything was made and you take delight in me. And if I'm not trash and you're my father, you love me. And if you love me, you're so faithful, God. And I'm building from that seed a life about to have some fruit in it. And because you love me, God, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you that I don't have to walk in darkness anymore. All I'm doing is I'm just going through the word of God and I'm looking at it going, I'm growing up into someone, not just knowledge, I'm learning who he is and now I'm learning who I am to produce fruit that I can give him glory for. So, we were working through this, my family and I, the other day. We were talking through some of these things. And Trinity, my little daughter, she's over there coloring. And I just wanted to put it into practice. I said, Trinity. She says, yes, Daddy. She she's in trouble. You know, I used my dad voice there, right? She was coloring. I said, hey, baby, are you confident in life? She goes, yeah. I said, do you worry about food and clothes? No. I said, why? She goes, because you give it to me. I go, do you think you're pretty special, Trinity? She goes, well, I'm better than all my siblings. (laughs) I said, why do you feel so special? She goes, because you love me. All she knows is this. Along her life, she's taken things that we've told her and she's planted it in her heart. And the natural thing is she took that seed, she planted in her heart, and that seed produced something. Nine years old, she's not worried, she's confident, she knows who she is, right? We see what I'm saying. So, so this is what it looks like. And Isaiah 59, 21, kind of, I'll just captivate it with this. Jesus, the Lord says, the Lord, the Lord says through the prophet Isaiah, my spirit who is on you will not depart from you. And my words that I have put in your mouth, listen, will always be on your lips, on the lips of your children, on the lips of their descendants, for this time on and forevermore. So here's what I want to do. I just want to take f- five minutes, four minutes. I want you to fixate on John 1, 1 through 5. Get your Bibles open if you have your Bibles. If not, get your phones out. Open up John 1, 1 through 5, or, or you can just meditate on this one. And I just want you to begin. I just want to put some, some, this into practice. What are, what, how do you see God in this? Who is he? Just begin to think about things. Who is he? Creator, sustainer, father, lover. What does that look like? Just begin to see God in this, see Jesus in this, and then ask the question, now who am I in light of you? I gave you some examples, but you come up with your own. Who am I in light of you? 
because I don't just want to have the seed lying dormant inside of me, it's supposed to produce fruit for your glory. So the things that it's producing in my life, I'm gonna give you glory for those things, Jesus. Amen, church? Take two minutes and do this. Father, we pray. Will you illuminate who you are in John 1? We wanna know your character, God. We wanna frame our life off of who you are. We want to know the knowledge of the Son of God. And then, as we plant that seed into our life, teach us how to bear fruit in that in our life. I pray that confidence would come over me. I pray the value of God would come over me. I pray sonship would come over me so that I can walk out of here confident because the seed of God is in my life and your seed produces life. In Jesus' name, amen. Take two minutes and do that and then we're gonna close out together in a song. going to give you one more word real quick. Some of you, when you were doing this, you, you realized who God was up there, but the moment that you transitioned this into try to get fruit, who am I in light of who you are? You said, so, so if you don't make trash, God, because you create all things, I'm, I'm worthy of your love, and immediately a lie came in. You're not worthy? Some of you, you said, because you created me, I must be a son or I must be a daughter. And immediately a lie came in, tried to snatch that seed up and go, you're not a son and a daughter. You're illegitimate. You're nothing. This is right here, church, why all of hell is waging war against you getting into that word and planting the seed. Because every lie from the enemy is going to try to breathe on that, try to snatch it from you. And this is why I said your feelings can't dictate your life. The moment that the feeling comes in that says you're not worthy, you're not a son, you're not a daughter, if that feeling doesn't line up with the character of God, throw it out. doesn't matter how you feel. We line ourselves up with what God says, not our experiences, our feelings. Amen? We line ourselves up with what God says. Well, you got to stand and let's sing this together. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's word. We hope that it continues to encourage you and bless you as you go about your day to day. And until then, we will see you next Sunday. Have a great week.